You are right up Main Street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go by Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. I remember we couldn't remember the word for table. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. Hi, babes. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I am just just fine and dandy. <laughs> we, we've both had a week. Yeah, it's been a strange... I was saying to you, I'm not sure if there's... It's kind of like a... A malaise that's kind of taken over mm. but february malaise yeah it's been we're really reaching like a uh, just a point of real well, anyway like we we want to have fun and not get down in the dumps so yeah we've <laughs> down both, in the dumps <laughs> we've both been in a, in a mood this week <laughs> in a mood right <laughs> stinker but i'll tell you what cheered me up today okay. is that i went for a hike at runyon okay the outdoors Anna, the outdoors cheered yes. you up and uh covid's over Look, <laughs> this is, I feel like this is your second report from Runyon in six months and it was over last time as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's actually over even more. Um, it's only over if you're a, like a buff white person. Got it. Were they all just <laughs> snogging? Yeah. Just like buff and white and maskless. And, you know, I, last time I said there, there was mask pageantry going on this time, I wasn't even seeing it flapping from an ear or a wrist. I was just seeing people just fully just out living their life. Nice. Yeah. Any, any great looks any oh i've got to ask anyone playing music out loud as they hiked yep, multiple people were playing music out loud oh. and yeah there was i saw some real just some sights there was one man that was he was really i think he maybe does do porn or gay porn but it was or he should he should it was he was very hot that was that was about it what would the the porno porno what a word <laughs> what would the the porn movie on runyon canyon be called I'll run in your canyon. Sure. <laughs> done and done. How are you? What's I'm going okay. On? So you can't tell right now, but I have started Invisalign. Oh. I've started my Invisalign journey. I don't have them in right now oh, okay. because I took them out for the podcast. Now, I don't know if you know this, but you're meant to wear... I didn't know this before I invested my Invisalign journey. You're meant to wear like these gum shields 24 hours a day. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> so like all the time. And you can only drink water when you've got them in. I eat and drink so much. It's, it's, it's a lot hard. of shifting around, isn't it? A oh, lot just, of in and out. There's a lot of just like getting out the sloppy gum shields and putting them in that tray. The yeah. tray, which is the wrong shape for the gum shield. So every time I try and squeeze them, I'm pissed off. So that's what's going on with me. Um, I'm also just going to go through a couple of things I've watched this weekend. I watched the Britney documentary Ooh, from New York Times. I'm doing that tonight. Yeah. I've been putting it off because I'm kind of, I'm, I know it's like hard. Exactly. So I've kind of just been like, oh, I don't know if I can handle it in my mental state, but I'm going to do it. It is, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty legit. Mm. We, I mean, we get to hear from Fee, her assistant who I have met. Felicia. Felicia. So that was very exciting because I felt like I was part of it. Um, also, last night I watched the Wendy Williams documentary. The Lifetime movie? Yeah. Well, no, because on Lifetime, there's the documentary about her and then there's the, the movie. movie. Okay. I watched the documentary. Oh, because I want to watch the movie. Well, the documentary, much like Wendy Williams as a being, as a human force, it, the narrative is all over the place. Perfect. And it makes 
no sense. Like, Perfect. There were so many moments I'd be like, I don't know what's going on. She's <laughs> sitting there and she's, she's lying back and she's getting some, um, she has a medical issue and she's, she's getting a treatment on her leg in her house, holding a wine glass of what looks like apple juice from concentrate. <laughs> and she's crying and she'll say things like, well, he sent me flowers every day. Then I've got to tell you about the time I was almost murdered. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're listening? You should. How would you feel? Cut to break. It's like... <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. That, that's, that's been that. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, I've got a little something something. Uh-oh. We've had, I've had another, another package arrive at my house. So I've got a few little things to, to give you, uh, to share with you. Okay. So uh, just rustle in this, this John's bag. Not, not Vons. Von, not Vons. John's. Now, what's the difference between John's and Vons? Uh, Cousins? Brothers? <laughs> enemies? They're, they're not, yeah, it's, it's actually, I think they took over from Vons location, so they just changed the letter. I think oh, I yeah. made that up. So this is from um, listener and my friend Lydia. So uh, she just sent over, basically, there appears to be a worldwide Worcestershire sauce crisp shortage. <gasps> and I heard this also from my mum, who tried to uh, was looking to, she's sending me some stuff, and she said she can't find them anywhere. And what? apparently it's an actual thing. But why? Oh my God, Brexit. Probably. Potato farmers? Well, I don't know, because unless Worcestershire has also remained in the EU... <laughs> the county of Worcestershire. That was actually part of the Brexit withdrawal deal. Yeah. And that was the sticking point. Yeah. Never forget about <laughs> forget about the hard border. That was the, the real trouble. So uh, I won't go I won't read the rest of it because it, it gives away what's in here. But yes, this is from her. So, Wait, you, you didn't mention the fact that she sent over a note and a lovely Valentine's card. Yeah, she did send me a Valentine's card. That's very sweet. My one and only Valentine that I'm gonna get. Okay, and this is all from Lydia. Yeah. Thank you, Lydia. Yeah. It was literally it came in two boxes. It was so exciting. <laughs> Okay. Russell, Russell, should I close my eyes? How would you like me to receive this? I'm just going to like present you with one thing at a time. Oh my fucking God, frazzles. <laughs> frazzles are not something I've had for a while. They are um, a bacon flavor corn snack. Always, it'd be like when I was a kid, if my dad had been to golf and we would wait how would this work? We would go, he would go pick us up from somewhere and he'd been to the golf and he'd been to like the bar at the clubhouse. Right. And he would always he would always bring us back like a snack from the bar at the clubhouse. Pack of frazzles. Well, I'll if not you... frazzles, scampi fries. Oh, no. I was going to say the other thing that always accompanies a frazzle is a goddamn chipstick. Oh, fucking hell. Now, chipsticks. Now, you do not know pleasure until your like mouth is burnt from eating like from. Well, I've done it where I've combined bags of chipsticks because they're quite small. So they're kind of salt and vinegar, like a maize stick. Yeah. And as a kid, you might pretend to smoke one like a cigarette. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love how this is that old school packaging that doesn't have uh, like the foil inside. Yeah. Now, do you know what you can do with this packaging? What's that? Right. Once you've eaten that, we should do this. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Okay. <laughs> so once we've, once we've eaten these, we'll rinse it out and then we'll put it in a baking tray. Yeah. Baking tray, which is called a cookie, cookie tray in this country. Oh, is it? At work, no one knew sheep, what I was talking about. Pa sheep Cook pan? Cooking, I've heard sheep, sheep pan thrown around as well. Sure. Get out a sheet pan. Sheet pan. You shove it in the oven, you bake it, and then you get like a miniature, like a miniature like shrink person. Shrinky dinks, is that what they were called? <laughs> were they? <laughs> there was those things you could get, those shrinkums. Oh, I'm excited about these. This is... Oh. 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 Yeah. Monster Munch pickled onion flavor. Love 
Yeah. This is great. Absolutely love pickled onion. Let me tell you, I had a revelation because when Lydia sent me these, I don't think she knows that I've actually never eaten a pickled onion monster much before because as a child, I thought I didn't like the flavor. And then as an adult, I just never considered it as a flavor. And I was just suddenly it hit me because she sent me some, I had some as well. I was like, I've never had this before. Did you eat one? Yeah. What the fuck was I thinking? It's like when I was younger and thought I didn't like cheese. Madness. It's so good. The flavor of a pickled onion crisp is very, it's like salt and vinegar, but with like a remix. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God, this is, the bag keeps on going. Yeah. What else have I got in here? Oh, imagine putting these all together in one bowl. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. Okay. So that's, that's the savory course. Ah, okay. Now we've got a wagon wheel as part of the mix. <laughs> she did She did point out, I don't know why I sent you wagon wheels, because I don't think you like them. <laughs> wagon wheels are a funny one. I, we definitely went through a craze in our household of buying them. I'm not sure mm. I actually like them or not. Wagon wheel were tootsie. <laughs> <laughs> also, wasn't there a very Western cowboy-themed advert? Yeah, Like a song, a wagon wheel song? I think so. Yeah. Um little pack of love hearts because it's Valentine's Day. Oh, I think nice. they have them here, don't they? Don't they call them sweethearts? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I've told you my, my Valentine's Day business at school with these. Have I not? No. So uh, I was managing director of a young enterprise company. We won uh, the regional <laughs> prize. Thank you so much. You, any listeners just know that I fully crossed my eyes and pulled a face there. So um, for the winter months, we did jewelry, whatever, fine. But for Valentine's Day in our in our school, you could order to get delivered to your valentine, a helium-shaped heart balloon mm-hmm. that had ribbon on it. Do you want to know what the weight was at the end? Pack of love hearts. Lovely. Imagine getting that delivered in maths class. Well, let me tell you a story okay. that's not so great. We had... <laughs> well, wait, wait, I just want to pause you. I was the fucking managing director of this very successful company, thank you. Did anyone send me one? No. Of course not. We had a valentine's, like a newsletter. It was basically the thing... I, honestly, it was one of the worst ideas. I think it must have completely stopped after we did it. Where basically you could pay like 20p maybe. It was like 20p to uh, put a message onto this kind of newsletter. And it was like, write your Valentine's messages. So you could do them anonymously or you could do like a... Oh no. So people who were like boyfriends and girlfriends did it. Yada, yada, yada. Uh-oh. Someone did a fake one to me to like mock me, basically. There was like from this... These people, they, they brought down me and another girl by putting a fake valentine's message in from like her to me and it was meant to be like mocking the fact that me and her would never be together or have anyone who do you know who did it no i still don't know to this day nope that's like the uh, the user on msn messenger who was nicknamed slow and an msn messenger when we were teenagers uh added us all as friends and then would go on to all our chats and just give us like truths service <laughs> up truths wow like gossip girl yeah <laughs> Never found out who that was. Oh my... (laughs) (laughs) I saved the best for last. Fraser has just... uh, I don't know if you heard that roll around on the table. (laughs) That's a Cadbury's cream egg. Love a Cadbury's cream egg. So good. What an absolute treat. Lydia, thank you so much. Please, anyone else, send (laughs) us some swag. Also, this has made me excited for Easter again. Because we need to just get Easter eggs and eat them. Yes. That, that's the whole plan for Easter. Get Easter eggs eat, and eat them. Eat them. Yeah, perfect. Again, Easter eggs, not a thing here. No. And then I was about to say, we can watch an Easter movie. What's that? Passion of the Christ? <laughs> there is no Easter themed movie that I can think of. No. Something about eggs? Rabbits? Watership Down? 
Watership Down. So we'll watch Watership Down and then Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Perfect. Roll, roll on Easter. <laughs> Shall we do some feedback? Yes. Okay, we have a lot of feedback going on today. Before we get into it, we just want to, as ever, give a shout out to you listeners and say thank you so much for getting in touch. We love hearing from you so much. As you're about to witness, we read out pretty much all the messages. <laughs> um, just as ever, we should tell you that this show and every episode, we've got an American topic, UK topic. We discuss, dissect. We're going to get into it in a bit. But as ever, our topics are so meaty and juicy that you always have a lot to say about them. So Fraser, feedback-wise, what you got going on, babes? Well, speaking of meat, I have some feedback from uh, my mother, Ari in and out Oh, okay. <laughs> so hold on. This is a voice note from uh, from my mum. You'll be pleased to know that I do not want to visit in and out I don't like burgers and I hate sad-looking soggy chips. <laughs> but I think you're... I love... Thank you so much for that. But she... We also the point is we like In and Out, <laughs> so we're fine if you want to go there. I just she she came in she came in already angry about she did, and also <laughs> the chips aren't soggy, and that's kind of part of the problem. They're too dry. Very funny. Just on the the subject of In and Out, Megan and Salt Lake got in touch because we were obviously talking about In and Out being a very West Coast thing, and she sent me an article from Utah from yeah from a Utah website. And the headline is, cutting in line at In-N-Out drive-thru leads to assault with hatchet. Oh, shit. So it, it turns out the lines are big In-N-Outs all over, including Utah. And it was, yeah, I, I read this in very intense article. Someone had a hatchet. And also, police said they were able to locate the truck that was involved at a nearby Costco parking lot. So it really ticked all the boxes. <laughs> Thank you for that. Jesus. I mean, people are really desperate for those burgers and soggy chips overly dry chips <laughs> <Those> dry chips <laughs> so uh, we have an email okay <laughs> if people want to send us an email it's a you're welcome america podcast at gmail.com and you're welcome is you are not y-o-u-r we've had an email from cecily landfeld i think that's how you pronounce her name and it's, it's actually really about the girls allowed episodes but because we record all of, all of them in advance we can't do any feedback on them so yeah. we're going to talk about it now and we just and we just finished girls allowed haven't we so oh yeah we've got a new but don't worry don't worry babes out there we've got something new coming at some point <laughs> lord um, okay so uh, cecily says hi i've been a listener of the show for about a year now i can't even remember how i found the podcast but i'm glad i did <laughs> <laughs> I've been really enjoying your recent episodes of Girls Aloud series off the record. I'm American, and though I do love British pop culture, and then she put in brackets, translation parentheses, I know you guys aren't fans of Kate Bush, but she is my absolute favourite artist. And and she says, I was only vaguely familiar with Girls Aloud. As far as I knew, they weren't even brought over here to the US. Um, so she said she said that she uh, us doing recapping off the record made her more curious about Girls Aloud. So she started looking into their whole lot of history love it mm -hmm. and she said i knew of, Sh of cheryl's solo career um, <laughs> and wasn't really impressed to be honest <laughs> so she then went on to say that her favorite has to be nicola not just because she's a pale redhead like me and um, she said she's been listening to her one album <laughs> on amazon music and she cannot get enough she says i can't believe her album wasn't more popular so she's basically like discovering nicola's solo album for the first time so she said, so thank you for exposing this curious American to more great music. Nicola has been a great discovery for, discovery for me this year, and I'm working my way through her discography album by album, but I'm currently majorly obsessed with Cinderella's Eyes. Uh, thanks for all you can do, and I can't wait for the next episode, Cecily. Thanks for listening, Cecily. Hey, L, O, V, E, D. 
Death to the beat of my drum. Death to the beat of my drum. Oh, I really liked the follow-up song that came out after Beat of My Heart. Was it called Lucky Day? Lucky Day, yeah. She really loses control in Lucky Day. It's like, wow, wow, wow. It's really, there's a lot going on in it, but I love that. Thanks, Cecily. I'm glad we're just introducing the world to Nicola. (laughs) She is a joy. We have had the Instagram account Meet Against the Podcast get in touch, and they said, I love your pod. It's an amazing concept and I love your present series. It's a highlight. I must be girls allowed. Thank you. I'm just listening to your Kylie episode. I'm not really a fan. Oh. But I love chocolate. One of my favorite songs. <laughs> is this my friend Leah secretly writing in? Her, her favorite Kylie song is chocolate. How? I just. How does anyone like the song <laughs> chocolate? <laughs> so well thank you for getting in touch oh they all said p.s you should start a patron for all the long versions fan demanded if you will i'd love to hear them too jesus Jesus. i don't think people people would be you people would be venturing behind the paywall to hear the rest of our bullshit (laughs) we've had nicole in la get in touch we we've been talking about the body shop and she said (laughs) the body shop is very much a thing in the u.s as well my local mall growing up had both a body shop and a bath and body works and the body shop was significantly nicer of course well yes love that store as a teen i mean don't you know my my tirade against bath and body works yeah. i hate that place yeah haunted although we all loved that one shower gel we once bought and all shared i think it was called like <laughs> malibu sunrise or oh, something yeah. malibu heat <laughs> malibu heat discontinued oh really uh we've had justin get in touch on instagram as well oh my god he went oh for it in this i feedback. read i read this one this is a dissertation a dissertation <laughs> so after our dunkin donuts episode okay <clears throat> i'm gonna have to just do highlights but justin we read every word so he is a native bostonian so he was beyond excited that we did an episode on duncan he has all the inside access as his father worked at duncan hq for Ooh. almost 20 years Do you think that's just one giant donut oh i was <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> one donut building and then like a coffee cup building next door oh beautiful <laughs> as for the rumors of duncan corporate hq sharing ben affleck's order he cannot confirm or deny this however One of the reasons Bostonians love Duncan so much is that if you go to one often enough, the employees begin to remember your order. I was like, well, yeah, that's most places. But then he said, and when they see you, they'll start on your order before you even get to the counter. And since Ben Affleck probably only goes to a handful of Duncans in both Boston and LA, then it's entirely plausible that owners of those shops know the order and instruct their employees to memorize it. He also said, as for the UK equivalent of Duncan, I have to agree with Ben. Good. The UK equivalent of Dunkin' Donuts is definitely Greg's. Dunkin' and Greg's focus more on takeaway. That's takeout for our US listeners. Whereas Costa has more of a cafe vibe. <laughs> also, just as East Coasters love their Dunkin' and, ha- and will have withdrawal symptoms if they don't have it, I feel like when Northerners move to London, they have to find their nearest Greg's and get a sausage roll to feel at home. Hannity on Facebook got in touch and she is happily feeding back to the podcast that Julian McDonald's Funky briefs are currently on sale at Sports Direct, also available in tiger print and bold geometric shapes. So I think these are like male briefs. Yes, they are. underwear briefs or swimming? Uh, Underwear briefs. Um, They're pretty fun. They've got like a zebra pattern. They are $4.99 for a two-pack. Oh, wow. Yep. Great price point. Great price. He knows what he's doing, Julian. Talking of other platforms, Springham and Discord. Ooh. Shout out co- to our Discord community. 
um, sent us a picture of Liz Hurley with an in and out Photoshop beside her. <laughs> Loved that. Yeah, that was great. It was very good. It took me ages. I was like, this is just a regular high quality picture. What am I looking at? She's got a snack. Oh, it's in and out. And finally, Niall in London sent us a screenshot of the titles of Queer as Folk. And it says, directed by Sarah Harding. <laughs> Turns out she's a dino doctor. Yep. She's a, an, an aughts slash naughty's pop star. And she directs. Wow. I mean, that all makes sense. You can do all three of those careers. You can balance all of that. <laughs> sure. Her LinkedIn must be a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Do get in touch on our Instagram. You're welcome, America. You can email us. Do whatever you want. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. We love that. We haven't, had, we haven't had one for a while. Right, shall we get into it? Yeah. And we are back. Okay. In every episode, you know this by now, but we take a UK pop culture topic, we discuss, dissect, work out the US equivalent. Then we take a US pop culture topic, we do exactly the same. Babes, you're up first. On this very special day, it is Sunday... February 7th, 2020. Yep. 2021 even. <laughs> <laughs> what What's going on? What's your topic? It's a big old day in America. It's a big old day. It is the Super Bowl. Cool. <laughs> First of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start right off the bat with a little test. Ben, can you tell me, <laughs> can you tell me what two teams are playing in the Super Bowl today? The Buccaneers. <gasps> From? Oh, fuck. It, they're, oh my God. They're from, are, are they from Florida? Yes. Are they, but are they like a specific place in Florida? Yes. Are they the Orlando Buccaneers? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, that was it. I knew it was somewhere trashy. And uh, who are they playing? Oh, no clue. The Kansas City Chiefs. Worried about that chief I'm, word. I'm nervous about, yeah. Yeah, very worried about what their mascot is. What's your topic, babes? So I'm going to be talking about Super Bowl halftime shows. Thank God, because <laughs> the actual Super you thought Bowl. I was, gonna... <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl. But um, I, do, I do think, just for the sake of making it as clear as possible, just the Super Bowl is basically... Now, I'm going to try and do this from just what I think it is and what I... I did look it up. This is basically the NFL League, <laughs> the National Football League. Yeah. The two... The top two teams play each other... This is like the final. This is basically the, the X Factor final. This is the X Factor final. This is the X Factor they've final. Been, they've been competing all year. They've exactly. done their auditions. They've whittled it down. They've done boot camp. They yeah, yeah exactly. Judges they houses. did judges houses. They've done Halloween week. Yeah, <laughs> you know the yada yada and big band week. Big band week. And now we've got down to X Factor final at Wembley Stadium. Got it. Between these two teams, just two teams. Yes. Got it. <laughs> got it. And just like the X Factor final. You've always got some some big name performers. Yes. Haven't you? <laughs> exactly. So the Super Bowl started in the 60s. Okay. And from the 60s up until 1990, the halftime show was, uh, would feature university marching bands from the, a lot of, you know, the cities that they play in. Because basically the Super Bowl is always in a different place because of yeah, the team that's one right. of the teams. Don't know. How do they decide which... Places the home team. I don't know. The away that, team. That seems like an unfair advantage. Yeah, it does. Where is it this year? It's in Atlanta. It is. I think yes. it's in Atlanta, which is neither team. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, we don't know. Mm, I'm not. I'm not going to look that up. No. But basically, yeah. It. It always used to be kind of marching bands and drill teams, and they would kind of. It was like performance ensembles. It was always very much like a 
family like variety kind of act of there wasn't it was never a big name right it was uh, kind of in keeping with what you might get when you go to a sports exactly game. exactly okay so i do like i don't really know what a drill team is do you know what a drill team is i always thought the drill team was in quotation marks the more acceptable thing to do if you were a man compared to cheerleading right right, and right i don't right. think there are pom-poms and they just like throw each other around okay <laughs> That was my understanding of it. Yeah, I'm not. Re- I'm not entirely sure. That's okay. Um, so I just need to, at this point, I need to come out of the closet about something. Uh-huh. I have like a confession that I need to make to you, and I'm embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand Roman numerals. Okay, let me give. Let okay. <laughs> Roman numerals are hard. I, Do you I, want to know how I know them? How FFV11. It's Final Fantasy VII, the computer game from the '90s. So every time I see a Roman numeral. I think you can, v, you, you, I work your... it, yeah. So V11 is seven, so okay. V is five. Right, right, and right. I just work and, it and around those. That's actually very useful. And I think I'm going to try and remember that because I cannot read Roman numerals. And I understand, okay. completely understand all of the stuff behind it. But as soon as I see it, it's gone from my head. That's fine. Also, I would never get like Roman numerals tattooed on my body. Well, well I only, that. the only thing that I can understand are hieroglyphics because of my heritage. Precisely, precisely. Mm-hmm. And I look Egyptian. So I, again, that's what I can read. Got too. it. So I, luckily this uh, Wikipedia thing that I'm looking at puts the date on because I've lost track of which Super Bowl numbers we're at. But basically 1990 was the final time that it was just marching bands performing because in 1991, yep. We had New Kids on the Block with the first pop act to perform at the Super Bowl. NKOTB. Yes. So they actually performed with... So this one was produced by Disney and sponsored by Disney, Disney and Coca-Cola. So basically they did instead of doing like a, just a new kids on the block halftime show this was it's a they performed it's a small world after all with like children and disney characters <sighs> and then you could new kids on the block only did two songs and then they had to also perform with children <laughs> so that was actually they were the first one i cuz i thought that the year after 1992 was when gloria estefan performed and in my head that was the first she was the first kind of pop act, but it was New Kids on the Block. Okay, well, I don't want to bring up this person because we are... He's coming later. Okay, he's coming later. Fine. Yeah. Because in my mind, the the brother of Janet Jackson... Yes. Was... The Voldemort. Was the big, the big first one. <laughs> yeah. But that's not correct. So, well, I mean, I think it's the one that globally... Got it. Like, we, that we would remember from being from another country. And I think it... I think it push the production value and everything yes. to well there's the a yeah level. there's like a there's a whole thing about getting paid and money and all that stuff that came along with him he who shall not be named okay so gloria estefan she <laughs> according to this she she uh, also performed alongside olympic figure skaters <laughs> like like in dancing and ice yeah exactly when, when you go you promo your latest single and <laughs> dancing and ice and you've got them all skating around you exactly um, and in this in the set list for this not one there is conga is not included in it oh how can you have gloria estefan perform and not have her do conga when did conga come out though Was i it... think it must have come out afterwards oh. come on everybody let me do that conga no it does it any longer but it have get on your feet <laughs> be, 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 be. come on and make it happen <laughs> Um, no. Oh my God. Because imagine shouting to the giant, like, come on, everyone, get on your feet. (laughs) And the conga. So he who must not be named, that was 1993. Okay. That Michael Jackson performed. It's a really, it's a really good performance. Yes. Yeah. And he, so he basically, it it, it was in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Oh, not far. 
He performed, it was Billie Jean, Black or White, We Are The World, and Heal The World. Oh, fuck off. But basically, that was the big, that was the first time that the halftime performance attracted significantly higher TV ratings. This is like the spike that made them truly become, it became like a thing after he did it. Okay, cool. Just special shout out to 1995, because the the theme was Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. And the performers huh? were Patty. <laughs> According to this list, there's, there's a long list of performers, but amongst the list is Patty LaBelle, Tony Bennett, and Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, the actual Indiana Jones. Yeah, so actual Indiana Jones came in, but I just like the idea of Tony Bennett crooning and Patty LaBelle singing, and then just Indiana Jones just uncovering some artifacts in the air at the Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. How baffling, because Indiana Jones, none of the movies came out that year. That's very <laughs> confusing. Do you think if we had the Super Bowl in the UK circa 1999-2000, the ABBA tribute would oh, be yeah, done? Oh yeah, 100%. That would have been really good. <laughs> so then there, there was kind of a, a variety of themes uh, in the rest of the 90s. I won't go through all of them, but there was like a glorious fan came back again with Stevie Wonder. There was a Motown theme. Very important one, which uh, a Blues Brothers one. No, thank you. Who cares? The actual like Dan Aykroyd and like John Goodman and James Belushi were like performing. I was like, what is that? So stupid. So straight. Anyway, 1990, 1996. Okay. Diana Ross. Oh yeah. I've seen oh, this one. Yeah. I've seen this one. It's this is, this is good. So many, like the set list is stop in the name of love. You keep me hanging on baby love. You can't hurry love. Why do fools fall in love? Chain reaction. Ain't no mountain high enough. I will survive and take me higher. I mean, what a like, what a, like a wild. I also really like that that year was sponsored by Oscar Mayer, which is the hot dog company. <laughs> <laughs> now I can confirm Diana Ross did not come out riding a giant hot dog <laughs> that year. She, didn't she leave the stage in a helicopter? <laughs> she did. That's how the performance ends. I feel like talking of hot dogs, you're really, you're really cooking, getting, getting to like the main uh, meat. Yeah. The it, bit we're excited about. Exa- exactly. Now for full transparency. Yeah. We essentially prepped for this episode during the holidays. We did. Wasn't it, was it New Year's Eve? Yes, it was New Year's New Eve. New Year's Eve, we sat and watched all the most recent halftime shows yeah. and dissected them and decided to put them in order. Of, we ranked them, We ranked we? them, yeah. <laughs> Opening this out made me, like, blew my mind, basically, because there's loads of things I forgot about and loads of things that didn't make it as far as the UK. So now we're going to get into the important era, which is the year 2000. Okay, good. So... The theme for this one was Tapestry of Nations, I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, produced, by, produced by Disney, and this one was performers Phil Collins, Christine Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and Tony Braxton, and an 80-person choir. What, I mean, that's pretty good. What did Christina sing? Mi Reflejo? They, no, I didn't understand. This. Apparently, they, her and Enrique sang a song called Celebrate the Future Hand in Hand. I don't, I don't recognize any single song in this list. Okay. Which is weird because so we're so used to Super Bowl performances now being like a mini Greatest set list hits. of the artist. Whereas it's like, Tony Braxton didn't sing He Wasn't Man Enough for Me. And Christina's not out there singing, you know, I'm trying to think about what came out in 2000. <laughs> it was beautiful out then. No, not yet. No, not yet. So she would have had to do Genie in a Bottle. Maybe that's... Love Genie in a Bottle, though. <laughs> no, I like it, but I'm just thinking maybe it's not got enough gravitas for the Super Bowl. Yeah, what a girl wants. I turn to you. <laughs> what a girl wants. You know, the, the Baroque breakdown. <laughs> no, no. She could have done that and come out in a nice Victorian number. Imagine imagine a full-blown version of Coming Over, with, complete with the dance break. <gasps> oh, oh, the bit where they were held the things over their heads. Okay, 2001. Okay. 
this was Aerosmith's year, but so oh. you know, Aerosmith fine. I, I feel like a little more, even though we don't like men performing, I feel a little, a little bit more fond of Aerosmith because I feel like Steve Tyler was like an old woman. This was a great year because it was NSYNC, Britney, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly <laughs> all came out and did like different things with Aerosmith, and I think that's like that's a pretty good like um, NSYNC did Bye Bye Bye. Aerosmith don't want to miss a thing. Um, it's going to be me, NSYNC, and then Walk This Way was all of them together. That's so did, pretty so did solid. did Britney not get a moment? No, she she was like a surprise to come out during Walk This Way. Oh, and she was wearing that really great football kind of outfit. Yeah. <laughs> 2004. This is where things took a dark, dark turn. Oh, no, is it my girl? So basically, theme of this year was choose or lose, which I didn't realize was the theme. <laughs> that sounds like... What? Headliners, Jessica Simpson, Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, and Justin Timberlake. Choose or lose sounds like a, a, a season where they've spiced up Survivor. Yeah. Survivor season 28. Yeah. Choose or lose. Or like, yeah, like a dating, like Rock of Love. Choose, choose or, or lose. lose. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Choose or lose. Uh, produced by MTV, this one. Sponsored by AOL. That made me laugh. <laughs> really clinging on in 2004. Uh, this has got some like wild... A wild kind of set list. Uh, All for you, Janet Jackson. Oh. Bad boy for life, P Diddy. That's a fun song. Hot in her by Nelly. A couple of songs by Kid Rock. Who cares? Janet did Rhythm Nation. Then they finished the uh, set list with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake duetting on Rock Your Body. I have seen the the breast picture so much that I had forgotten that they were doing Rock Your Body. <laughs> I want to rock your body. I mean. I'm very haunted by the first Justin Timberlake by the Justified album. I feel like it was everyone in the world had that album and it was just kind of like it rock your body makes my like goes up my spine and makes my skin crawl that song. But even back then I didn't enjoy rock your body. No, it was, I, it was I, the worst I, one of the lot. Yeah. I loved the first song from Justified. Like I love you. Yeah. And I liked Senorita. Ding, da, da, ding. <laughs> <laughs> something about you ding, ding, ding. and do you remember that song at the end of the album that went up in the car go with me anyway so what happened at the super bowl is everyone knows it there's a moment that there was a wardrobe malfunction which that term really became popularized at this moment where janet jackson's breast was exposed and apparently justin him like accidentally exposed it now there was discussion of was it pre-planned? Was it premeditated? It was so... Oh, it, <laughs> of course it was. She was wearing a nip, like a nipple jewel. It was a beautiful moment. And then basically, America lost their damn mind. It's so confusing to go back as a mega Janet fan and try and work out what actually happened. Because he pulls off the top of her outfit and just one bejeweled breast... Teat. Teat is revealed. And she like looks shocked and looks down, but it kind of looks like she's acting. Yeah. So I don't understand what was meant to happen or was that meant to happen? Yeah. I just don't understand. I'm so confused. I tell you what, in the, in the pantheon of one boob kind of pop culture moments, do you remember when, was it Diana Ross that jiggled little Kim's boob when she was wearing that seashell on her boob at oh, the, the MTV the Awards? The purple look. Yeah. I don't remember that. It's really like, it's a moment that I'll, I'll never forget. Little Kim. Yeah, I think it is Diana Ross and they're all standing at the podium presenting and she's, she's just like looks at little Kim's tit and she's like, ooh, and just like gives it a little, a little jiggle. jiggle. Like puritanical America lost their damn mind. And then because of that, the subsequent Super Bowls for the most of the two the early 2000s were, they, they said they were family friendly and they would use traditional rock acts. Fuck that. I want to pause you one second. Do you know something that came out of 
that wardrobe malfunction other than the phrase wardrobe malfunction right. which was not a phrase before that <laughs> super bowl apparently so many people were googling to try and find the clip that it gave them the idea for youtube slash youtube and that's how youtube was created <laughs> yeah I, I i think that's what created youtube well <laughs> yeah um also just as a mega janet fan because of that she was banned from all from i think it was from all cbs or all yeah. viacom or something so her subsequent albums all tanked and she went into like a career decline all because of that moment because everyone decided to take just were just angry with her but not with justin Timberlake. not with justin because he's a white man a straight white man oh my god i really <laughs> later later years justin performed at the super bowl how dare he not bring Janet out yep. and let her do a cameo and yep. in quotation marks rectify the situation not that the situation needed solving I mean how funny would it have been if she'd like ripped his top off oh my god that's really good oh, and like he was wearing, the wearing jewel. a jewel nipple exactly how funny would that have been but he doesn't have a sense of humor so he wouldn't be able to do that yeah so we had some real tough years afterwards okay. and tough from a you know people who like fun pop music fronted by females not you know straight people because it's like Paul McCartney and the Rolling Stones I mean, Prince, that's a great year in 2007. Prince is a good one. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Bruce Springsteen, The Who, oh, yada, yada, trudge, 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 boring, boring, straight, straight, straight. And we get to 2011. A little group called the Black Eyed Peas. Have you watched their, their year? Oh, it's really, it's really, it's very funny. It's a, it, it's very kind of like just, it's a real Black Eyed Peas production <laughs> in the way where it's like, I don't love the Black Eyed Peas, but I do appreciate what they do in terms of, you know, performance and allowing Fergie to wail and do her strange, strange performances. It's got, it's got a fun set list as well. So they did, uh, I got a feeling fine. Boom, boom, pow. Sweet Child of Mine with Slash from <laughs> the ACDC. Oh, hang on. Is it ACDC that does Sweet Child of Mine? I don't know. Whatever. Slash from whatever doing Sweet Child of Mine. Let's get it started. OMG with Usher and Will I Am. Uh, where is the love? And then... The time, dirty bit. That's <laughs> with the I got a feeling reprise. <laughs> Need to reprise. I think that is the perfect example of what it then became, where you have representation from yeah. all styles of music. Yes, exactly. And uh, all different kind of races and uh, heritage is going on. I think that's. I I don't want to watch that, but I'm. I approve. Yeah. And actually, I, I, I kind of now think of that in my head. Weirdly, actually, that year, 2011, is the beginning of what we know the Super Bowl halftime show as now completely. Mm -hmm. Because the year after was Madonna, 2012. Yeah. Now, we rewatched this. <laughs> Madonna featuring LMFAO. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not... I don't think it's great, unfortunately. It's not as great as we thought. Your husband, Jesse, was pumped when we put it on. And then he was really trying to hype it up for us. And you and I were like, this is fine <laughs> it's a shame because madonna could do a phenomenal one but it was like she was just marking mm. all her spots around the stage it wasn't bad it just wasn't great yeah although it was my time to tell to admit to you and jesse that i listened to the party rock anthem by lmfio like when i'm working out still Shake that. So yeah, so she she was kind of the big like I feel like there was that was the shift in 2012 was it was like oh we're gonna have gay people 
care about this. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have like gays and like the women that love them yes. are gonna care it's from like, this point. The guys, the straight guys, have the football. They're covered. Yeah. they're always gonna come no matter what. They're gonna be here. We need to just reel in the rest. Yeah. So the Madonna one was a huge one. Then 2013 was Beyonce, which is you know goes goes down in history basically. It's a it's a very it's a good performance because it's Beyonce. It's yeah. obviously phenomenal. But in, in in terms of production and everything, more recent years have eclipsed it, I yes. say. Yes, I think so. But it still was a big... Because this is when she was... This is like the kind of love on top. Is this that album era, wasn't it? She was in between albums. Yeah. She weirdly didn't have anything oh, this released. is pre-Drunk in Love, isn't it? Yeah, it was before yeah. Beyonce and all that. Yeah. So it was just... It, she was in a weird in-between stage. Yeah, but it felt like she had a good, she had a good like selection to to choose from oh, at yeah. that point. <laughs> oh yeah. And I love you know again we said this when we watched it the other day. Love that she performs Baby Boy. I love that. I Beyonce, love that she loves that song. She always performs Baby Boy, <laughs> and I love how that could be completely forgotten. But no, she always does it. <laughs> it's like how Britney always performs uh, Breathe on Me. <laughs> Like, because she loves it so much. It's yeah. like people, like, people who don't like Britney do not know the song "Breathe on Me." <laughs> when I saw her perform in Brighton, there was a lot of people, a lot of like girls being like, "What's happening?" <laughs> Breathe on me, <laughs> Bruno Mars. <laughs> but the Bruno Mars year, I do. I'm not a fan of Bruno Mars, but it was wasn't it Bruno Mars Coldplay and Beyonce the next year? No. Oh. Was it just Bruno Mars? Just Bruno Mars. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, Bruno Mars just by himself. And then, so we can ignore that one. And then Katy Perry was uh, 2015. No. Now we... No. We did... We ended up, just spoiler alert, we ended up ranking this one number one. Now, here are our reasons, people. Yeah. We realized that this was a performance that was... It was made for both everyone in the stadium, yeah. but also made for TV at home. Yes. If you were in the stadium or watching TV, you were getting you were getting a show and you're getting all angles. I think I'm not the hugest Katy Perry fan anymore. I Teenage Dreams times I was obsessed with her. But this is such a good performance. She comes in in a, a giant tiger. <laughs> she has songs for everyone. Her yep. guest stars are Lenny Kravitz, who is gorgeous, also a person of color and a very different style of music. Then you've got Missy, Missy Elliott. Yeah. So I think as a, a white woman performing, she was like, I need to cover a lot more bases yeah. here. She did a great job. Yeah, remember she did I Kissed a Girl with Lenny Kravitz. That's a cool... <sighs> Oh, and then we we I feel like we talked about Lenny Kravitz for like a really long I time, didn't we? We were like, Lenny like, Kravitz. I just remember saying to you, I was like, I think Lenny Kravitz might be one of the sexiest people to walk on this earth. Yeah. Remember when his penis was so strong that it just like emerged from his, it just busted through his trousers. His and that leather, he was wearing like leather pants. A leather trouser and he just, his strong penis just emerged Wasn't from it. Wasn't it bejeweled? <laughs> I think it was, like Janet. <laughs> So we realize that this performance is utterly fantastic yeah. um, and it ends, okay, the song Firework, not my favorite song, but I respect it. And the fact that she had this big, big performance and at the end, she is flying around the stadium yeah. singing Firework and fireworks are going off. That is perfect yeah. for this event. <laughs> so yeah, so, oh, you know, so good. spoiler, we're going to say Katy Perry is number one. And actually, yeah, you're right. The year after was when it was Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, and Coldplay. <laughs> no, how I put Coldplay at the end, even though they were the headliners because yeah. I care about them the least. And uh, yeah, it, it, even though Coldplay, I'm just, I can't get into how much I dislike Coldplay and the, every single song they've ever done. But, but big fan of Gwyneth Paltrow. Big fan of Gwyneth Paltrow, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, they did a really good 
it was just a really good they they were also very good at kind of realizing that other performers made that show something for everyone because i i still to this day haven't watched any of coldplay performing but and then this is a real thing the fact that beyonce and bruno mars did two such annoying songs from their catalog but also did them in a way that was like amazing because like crazy in love let's just say it is it's the toxic. It's the, it's the toxic of Beyonce's catalogue. And Uptown Funk is one of the most annoying songs ever made. But them two doing those songs like mashed up together, they did it like a kind of a versus thing. And it was, it was phenomenal. Like a question and answer yeah, thing. It yeah. was, it was amazing. Like Bruno Mars, I just, I don't like him, but he's really good. He's one of those people where it's like, listen, I get that people like him. And I also think he's great. I just don't want to, I don't sit around and listen to Bruno Mars albums, but yeah. he's like a really good performer. Anyway, then this is when the gay world exploded in 2017 was Lady Gaga. How do you feel about this performance? I think it's great. Like, I still think, I think it might be second down after the Katy Perry one. Mm, I'm disagreeing in that. I think it's a good performance. (laughs) I love when she jumps off the top. (laughs) I don't think, in the way that Katy Perry's had a really good narrative and story and flow, this was just a bit stop and starting all over the place. Also... I don't think Bad Romance is the best Gaga song that everyone seems to think it is. Oh, it's, it's it's very not. like clunky and middle of the road. So I think she finished on yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's very you know. Yeah. I think you need to either end in a huge swelling ballad yeah. like Firework or in an absolute stonker. So I just I I didn't love yeah. this. No, I'm I'm I I don't think some of the songs were. I think the song choices were as, was wasn't as strong as the other ones, but it's. It was such a moment. Yeah. I think maybe that's what makes it higher up on my list. It's just like, it was the, it was a moment. The only other significant thing was obviously, we discussed it last year, was J-Lo and Shakira. This Fantastic. Is a, that's my number two. Yeah. No, you're right. That is number two, actually. Because we rewatched that, didn't we? And we were like, this is fantastic. It's so yeah. good. I, I do not appreciate her kids playing the drums and singing <laughs> Born in the USA. So we just scrapped that section. Go get a drink during that. But... <laughs> Everything else in that is really good. The ode to Hustlers, yeah. which is in the top of that. Oh my God. <laughs> so we need to talk about who's performing this year. Oh yeah. The, the Weekend. The Weekend. The Weekend. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's obviously not my, it's not my chosen. Yeah. But I don't think he has any guest stars, maybe because of COVID actually. Yeah. I'm not quite sure really what is even happening. Uh. Any dream Super Bowl performers that haven't performed as of yet? See, that's so tough because I have like alternate universe versions where it's like, I would love, you know, Britney to do it, but I want it to be Britney from like a certain era, but I want her to have all of her songs now. So that doesn't really exist. Um, I'm going to throw some names out there. They're not necessarily faves. I do think Celine Dion could be part of it. Yep. Uh, She's French Canadian. So I think she needs to be balanced out with some actual Americans. Oh, so actually... I'll tell you what we, they should do okay. is just fully copy and paste like a VH1 Divas, like a Divas year. Oh, that's that, that's a, a Divas year would be absolutely because then it, cause then you could have, you know, you could have Mariah, Celine, you know, Gloria Estefan can come back. We could have all the Divas, you know, from Divas live, um, Patti LaBelle, like, but then also have, you know, throw in, sprinkle in your Ariana's and your J-Huds and that would be really good. Actually, Mariah and Ariana and a couple of other people, that could be a good year. Yeah, Mariah, Ariana, and then uh, like sprinkle in J-Hard and then like a Patti LaBelle or someone like that to kind of bring it all together for like one final song. Mm -hmm. So basically VH1 (laughs) Divas. 
<laughs> just talking around and around the fact that we want VH1 Divas to be back on television. I do want Janet to, to get a chance again. Yeah. And to really just, I don't know, even if it's just, as we said, during the Justin Timberlake year, if she could come out and just do one bit. Rihanna. Oh my God, yes. Wasn't Rihanna approached a couple of years ago, but it was the absolute height of um, Colin Kaepernick and yeah. kneeling. And so she refused. Yeah. But Rihanna... Oh, Rihanna's really good. And she'd be able to really pull in some good people as well. Because yes. people would be so desperate to work with her. And it would be... It wouldn't be safe. No. You know what I mean? There'd be some real she stuff. Do you think Britney would come out and do the... Uh, S&M remix. The S&M, re- S&M remix. Oh my God. That would be... That's perfect. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of Britney and S&M and SMS and SMS, did I tell you I only... <laughs> In 2021, I had the realization that in the song SMS Bangers with Miley Cyrus and Britney Spears, the SMS stands for strutting my stuff. No, I didn't know that. I always thought it was like a text message, SMS message. Because hmm. she's like, I. I'll be strutting my stuff. It's strut my stuff. Bangers. Oh, I thought it was texting. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Miley and Dolly should do it. Yes. Has Dolly done anything? I don't think so. I couldn't see her name on the list. Miley and Dolly together yeah. would be wonderful. Yeah. Oh my God. Well... Everyone, just get in touch with us. We've got some ideas. So, so real quick, I feel like I was trying to kind of, I was trying to be smart and come up with some things for the UK equivalent. And I do think that we don't have a, we don't have a, like in football, like soccer, football, you know, they have like the FA Cup final. They have those big, and even like the World Cup, they, they have, we have big sports matches that get a lot of viewing figures, but there is no entertainment as a part of it. Mm-hmm. So really... The only thing that I can think about is, the, the, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. Are we going back to 2012? We're going to go back to 2012 to the <laughs> closing ceremony of the Olympics and the Spice Girls riding out on those fucking taxis. Yeah. I mean, it really is the only thing in recent in recent history that we've had that's the big sports stadium spectacle, you know, representation of a, of a country that, rather than a city. But it really is the, the best thing to sit alongside it. I was going to, in my head, I was starting with... The Royal Variety Show. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the Jubilee. Yeah. Jubilee performances. Yeah. But I 100% agree that the UK equivalent of the Super Bowl halftime show is the London 2012 <laughs> Olympics closing ceremony. Yeah, it just, it, it is. It's like, you know, we'd all love to live in a world where, you know, that performance is happening at, the, you know, an FA Cup final. So we had something to watch. But until the UK, until the Football Association, until FIFA, is that something? Or was that just the computer game? I don't know. Until one of those people, until Mr. Football decides to make football more entertaining for people who aren't just straight and boring, then, you know, that's Side what note. we've got. Side note, we discussed it at Christmas. Kylie doing a halftime show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> Shout out to her Sydney Olympics <laughs> performance. All my lovers. All my quarterback lovers in the audience. All my sporty lovers. <laughs> yes. Also, I love Pepsi. <laughs> Download AOL and drink some Pepsi. It's Kylie. Have an Oscar Mayer wiener. <laughs> God bless America. I love hot dogs. All the lovers. <laughs> so. Oh, so yes, the UK equivalent of the Super Bowl halftime show is the 2012 Olympics closing ceremony. You're welcome. You're welcome. And we are back, and Ben has our British topic today. What are you saying, babes? What are you flapping about? Mm-hmm. Well, as ever, we have been watching Drag Race UK Season 2. Shout yeah. out to Drag Race Recap, the podcast where we uh, 
We recap every oh my God. episode. We scream at each other for like two hours. I know. <laughs> so, a certain icon appeared this week. We've talked about Elizabeth Hurley the other week. I know, they're, they're giving us all the inspo, aren't they? They really are. I am going to be talking about my kindred spirit, mm. my snatch game, inspo, mm. LK today. <gasps> it's Lorraine Kelly. Oh. oh, I can feel a tartan fleecy blanket wrapping around my shoulders dead cozy, and I feel get dead you cozy. flask of soup oh. I'm just going to play my theme music we're going to count us in here we go <laughs> sounds like a um, sounds like a clean bandit song it is a bit clean bandit <laughs> it looks like you got updated in 2018 so I think maybe Clean Bandits had a hand in this. You're going to hear Jess Glim come out any second. <laughs> Definitely hear some strings, some funky strings. I'm just going to fade it down and into the studio we go. Hello, welcome to Lorraine. It's 9am on a weekday morning. Mm. Lorraine Kelly. Who is she? Let me tell you. She is Lorraine Kelly, CBE. She's obviously got a little, you know, a little medal from the <laughs> Queen. Um, she is a Scottish actress... Excuse me. Television presenter, interviewer, and journalist. Yes. So, Lorraine <laughs> Kelly is Scottish, and she in the UK hosts her own show called Lorraine Every Weekday Morn on ITV. That's three. <laughs> and <laughs> three on your clicker. Three on your clicker and your bleep. <laughs> she has been with us a very long time, doing essentially the same job <laughs> since 1984, it would appear. <laughs> so, let me take you back to. Year of my birth. Year of your birth. So let me take you back to her early years. She was born in 1959 in the Gorbals in Glasgow. Excuse me? Okay. So the <laughs> Gorbals area of Glasgow was traditionally a very, uh, it was an inner city area besides all the shipbuilding. And it was quite, it's where a lot of like the tenement buildings were. And then they were all demolished in like the 60s and 70s. And they built high rise buildings that they thought were going to be the future. But they're all badly built and they've <laughs> all been disaster. So it's been redeveloped again. So the Gorbals is a less affluent part of Glasgow. It sounds like a, the, like a group of bad guys from a cartoon. The Gorbals. The Gorbals are coming. The Gorbals are coming. <laughs> Let me tell you something about the Gorbals. Mm. So in geography class in school... We were learning about like the C the CBD Central Business District and <laughs> like inner city redevelopment because we lived in Glasgow. Right. So we went on like a field trip to the Gorbals. <laughs> so can you imagine a crowd of private school kids in their uniforms, blazers, their little pull-up socks, you wearing a little boater, pretty much <laughs> in like the school van that has like the crest of the school, like going to the middle of the Gorbals and all of us getting out and being like, oh, and then essentially just looking at the place and gawking. How sounds, inappropriate is that? Sounds, sounds, yeah. <laughs> they were like, look, children, poor people. It was like, oh, there's so many crisp packets in the ground. Should we get back in the van? Let's go home. <laughs> Horrific. Anyway, that's where she was born. She uh, moved to East Kilbride, another part of Scotland, and she turned down a university place to study English and Russian. Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. wow. Uh, to go work at her local newspaper in East Kilbride back in the day. Then, this is really, <laughs> the, the sentence I'm about to say to you is really just going to tickle our fancy. In 1983, she joined BBC Scotland 
as a researcher. Oh, <laughs> I bet she did. Can you can you explain to our audience what a, a researcher in TV might do? Uh, so it's the position up from runner. So it's the it's the first job up from the, when you first start out in TV, and you basically, God, what do you do as a researcher? You just have to do everyone's kind of grunt work basically but it's the when you're a runner you have to you physically do everyone's grunt work and run around when you're the researcher you do everyone's kind of written grunt work that's a very good way you're not you're not picking up lunches and getting coffees and going out to get as much you might go out to get props but researcher is yeah you're doing all you're doing all the stuff <laughs> we've also i love the the name researcher it sounds so like academic yeah it, it, it conjures up like filing through old books and going through that you know like microfiche in like an old movie where you have to look <laughs> at old newspapers <laughs> i'm just gonna research in the microfiche room i'll be back when in, in reality it's like writing a brief on alexandra burke and maybe yeah. like Going to Argos to work out what props you're going to use for studio that week. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> so that's what she did in 1983. Then, crucially, in 1984, she joined TVAM yes. as a host and presenter. TVAM was a morning TV show. Now, here's the thing. From this point onwards, Lorraine's career has essentially been identical up until now. <laughs> I do want to... I did a quick Google search, Google image search of Lorraine Kelly TVAM because there are some looks. I'm just going to in the rock america studio just gonna swivel around the laptop and show you some of these looks we've got this up here gorgeous We're sitting in a wicker chair this i feel is very iconic 80s lorraine yeah this yeah that that little what is a, a plaid mm. oh like one with the glasses is is quite something go up this one yeah here. <laughs> she's got giant glasses on a blouse it's wow. a very, very specific look she had back in the day. So glasses, because well, she's been a researcher, yeah. so she's intelligent. And remember, this is a reference. I feel like they, she was the reference for, do you remember that amazing, iconic episode of Ab Fab where Patsy goes on morning television and Dawn French is the host? Yes. She's got those big glasses on. She has that exact same hair. That's the one where Patsy goes, she, where she can't speak. And then the only thing she says is, oh, can I, can I, yeah, cheers, thanks a lot. Yeah, cheers, thanks a lot. And at the end she goes, can I just say something? <clears throat> yes. Uh, um, you can you can never have enough hats, gloves, and shoes. <laughs> so in the eighties in TVAM, Lorraine had her short brunette bob. She maybe had some chunky jewellery. She might wear some glasses, and as you said, like a plaid, although tartan, tartan, a tartan little kind of, I don't know, work. What would you call that? It's like a power suit. Power suit with maybe some big gold buttons. <laughs> So that was her, and that was essentially her career up all the way through the 90s. In the 90s, she was part of the original lineup and incarnation of GMTV. Right. Good Very important. Good morning television. Good morning television. And then she ended up getting her own show, which yeah. had various different names. I always think of it LK Today, Lorraine yes. Kelly Today. Now it's just called Lorraine, as I said, 9 a.m. Lorraine. Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine. Every 9 a.m., every weekday morning. Yes. It's a magazine morning show. She'll interview people. It's very cozy, isn't it? Yeah. So from uh, up until very recently, the lineup was always that you would have whatever, you know, GMTV, which is the whatever it's called now, Good Morning Britain, is like the 6 a.m. until 9 o'clock. Then Lorraine, 9 till 9.25. Then it used to be Jeremy Carl at 9.25 <laughs> until 10.30. So Lorraine was only 9 to 9.25? Yeah. It's really 25 short. minutes. Yeah, it's really short. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. Yeah. No matter who she's interviewing, 
whether it's um, someone who's been involved in, I don't know, a fire, or <laughs> it might be someone who's releasing a solo single. The tone's always the same with Lorraine. Yeah. She's just, she's always very, very pleased to see them. She's dead positive. She's yep. dead cozy. She always, you look great. <laughs> um, and we were watching just before we came on air, the top 10 most awkward moments with Lorraine. We realized that none of the moments are awkward no. because no matter what happens, Lorraine can deal with it yeah. on live TV. She's the definition of a consummate professional. Yeah. So the things we watched happen, all the lights went out in the studio and she's just like, oh, do you think you can fix that light bulb? Then like <laughs> Nick, Nick Knowles. With Nick Knowles. Her phone went off and she made some sort of gag about it and then just turned it off. And yeah, she got someone's name wrong. She's like, oh, that's a wee shame. So sorry about that. How should I be saying it? She can get away with anything. Now, in recent years, she's become somewhat of a gay icon. Mm -hmm. And it was in 2015, I think it was an Attitude magazine or maybe the Gay Times. She was voted as a gay icon. Yeah. Why do you think this is? She feels like an ally. And that's because, you know, I, I recently watched an interview with where she interviewed Eddie Izzard. Did you see that? Yeah. And Eddie kind of broke down at the end and was kind of like, you've always been such a supporter of me. And it was just like a, a beautiful, they both cried and it was just lovely. And I feel like that, I know that obviously that's only just happened, but I feel like that's, she's, she's glamorous in a way that's, you know, not crazy. Like she's, she's glamorous and, and lovely. She's, I, I can't put my finger on why she's a gay icon. Do you know what? She's glamorous and lovely. She's supportive, but also she's got a little bit of edge to her. Yeah. So we watched a moment where someone's being interviewed and on another show and she's been satellited in or whatever. And she essentially says, what's the point of you coming to the show if you're not going to answer any questions? <laughs> yeah. So like, even though she's lovely, she's got, she's got a backbone to her. Yeah, definitely. And she's also kind of like a... You, f you feel like whether whether you have any evidence of this or not, you feel like you could split a bottle of wine with Lorraine and have like a good old time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also found the five surprising facts about Lorraine Kelly. Okay. They're not that surprising. <laughs> She's not going to do reality TV. Fine. She wouldn't call herself bubbly. She's actually quite shy. A lot of people think that if I was at a party, I'd be life and soap. I'm quite quiet. My husband's an outgoing one. When he walks in, you think, okay, we can have fun now. <laughs> That's Lorraine. Be careful of labeling her national treasure. She's, she's just not into it. And she just thinks that it should be reserved for other people. Humble. Her <laughs> worst ever interviewee was Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think that tracks across the board. Yeah. <laughs> She definitely, I think the other thing that makes her a gay icon is she feels like everyone's super fun aunt. Yes. Like she feels like the aunt that would come over and have a drink and, but also have like a finger on the pulse of like what is cool and fun, mm -hmm. but isn't sad. And it's not a sad, a desperate person. It's like a, she just happens to be in the, in the know about stuff. And do you know what I mean? Like she's the kind of. She'd like be a fun aunt that would come over and like mention something about Grinder in front of everyone and uh -huh. be the only person that would, you'd be the only people that would get the joke. She's that kind of, that kind of gal. She, also, the fact that she's now done two seasons of Drag Race as a guest judge, I think says a lot. Yeah. Like she, she gets it when she goes on, you know, she puts a wee sparkle in her eye and wears a sparkly, glitzy, spangly dress, but she's not trying too hard. No. She's still being exactly herself. Yeah which is really cool. It's... Have you ever experienced Lorraine Kelly? I never have. Never met her. I've met her once. Okay. By accident. Oh. Or as an American might say, on, on accident. accident. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Where did you meet her? 
met her in the lift translation elevator at the London studios. Oh God, those fucking lifts. <laughs> so <laughs> hell. I was just in the lift and she, I either got in and she was already there or she got in and it was just me and her and we exchanged a word. I cannot remember what we said, but I do remember it was cozy and lovely. <laughs> it was something like, oh, it's, you know, you know, when you're left, you have to touch the back and you don't know where you're going. What am I like? Hello. Just exactly that. <laughs> a, a classic Lorraine interaction. Yeah. I once had a very uh, quiet and, and awkward lift ride in that studio with Torval and Dean. <laughs> Just me, Torval and Dean in a lift together. And I was like, ooh, this is weird. <laughs> her her kind of look and vibe and style. I was, we said she's essentially been doing the same job since 1984. And now in the 80s, she had more of those structured suits and things. But she's kind of looked just identical this whole time and her yeah. her style is very what i would describe as per una from marks and spencers <laughs> yes it's very it's just per like una. a lovely top from per una and if she's going out at night or if she's going to go dra- to drag race she'll get like a spangly one from per una yes and that's her done <laughs> she's just constantly just very very solid she is very marks and spencers actually lorraine isn't she it's mm. the same they, they're in the same category like hand in hand like imagine being served like going over to Lorraine's and her serving you like a Marks and Spencer's like food platter that just feels right doesn't it exactly she'd be like oh I just went to M&S let's just pop, pop some bits out and it's like while, M- while M&S food is on the more expensive scale she can afford that she'll buy it but she'll wear Marks and Spencer's clothes which yes. is cheaper and more affordable yeah. so that balances her out and makes her very accessible yeah she really should just be the face of M&S she should like just exclusively the food everything M&S and LK today <laughs> she should just do it from Mars and Spencer's her whole show so for quite a while she lived in Dundee yeah and she would commute every day from Dundee to London to do her show <laughs> now that is a distance of 480 miles <laughs> one way so she would travel essentially a thousand miles every day round trip to go to work i just want to put that into context 480 miles is it's even further than going from like la to san francisco so <laughs> imagine if crazy. every day i went to san francisco for work and then came back i don't know i, I, I just want to know i want to know the logistics of that day because she must have had it down to such like a, a regimen i want to know Wait like let's work this out okay so she's on air at 9 a.m yeah okay so she needs to get there at say what time do you think? Now, bearing in mind, hair and makeup, she's probably got down to a T. She probably works on the plane. So what do you think her call time is? Maybe seven? I think it's seven. I think it's seven. Okay, okay, wait a minute. Two hours is feels like the right amount of time of hair and makeup and prep. Okay, so I think if she needs to be at the studio for seven, she's probably getting like the first flight, which is maybe... I don't know, 5.30 a.m. And is that to London City? Because that's it's going to have to be London it's, City it's Airport. It's going to have to be to London City, LCY. Yeah, to get, from, to get from London City Airport. Because even then, just to get in traffic to, from London City Airport to uh, London Studios is quite... It's not a, not a short distance. All to say, that's quite a commute that she's got going yeah. on, isn't it? Oh, but thankfully, she moved, she moved closer. Okay. So her heart's still in Dundee. But she's now down in London. Okay. Fair so enough. I was trying to work out who the US equivalent of Lorraine Kelly is. Yeah. My mind first went to Kelly Ripper. Yep. Because staple on TV. Mm-hmm. She's she's fun. She's very American. And I guess in the way that Lorraine's very Scottish. Yeah. They've both got a backbone to them. So I was kind of okay with that. But then I thought, 
she's a bit more legendary and yeah. beloved than Kelly Ripa. So I thought Judge Judy. Oh. How do you feel about that? I actually was thinking, this is too much, but okay. I was thinking, Oprah? <laughs> oh. Because Oprah's the most famous woman on television here. And she's talk show. And has she's been, been, to- around, has forever. been around forever. She's a legend. Oh my God, I think and, you might be right. Yeah, and I know it kind of seems like it's like Lorraine only does a 25-minute show, but she's she's... You know, she gets, the, if the, the most famous person comes to London and is interviewed on a morning show, it'll be on her show. Oh my God. <laughs> You've solved it. <laughs> and as we always say, the US equivalent's always like a, a bit, a bit bigger. Yeah, and a more, bit... like more money and like it all kind of gets crazy and much bigger, but yeah. Okay. Well, we, we worked it out, everyone. <laughs> the US equivalent of Lorraine Kelly is Oprah. You're welcome. <laughs> We are back. So as ever, we're going to finish the episode with a quick game of Welcome Not Welcome, which is where we mention very American or British things and we say if they are welcome or not welcome, aka whether we like them or not. You can go first. Welcome or not welcome, Barocca. <laughs> oh my God, I haven't had a Barocca for... <laughs> what, what, they have them here. Obviously, we have an effervescent yeah. vitamin C droplet here. Exactly. Barocca is a real term, isn't the, it? The US equivalent are those vitamin C little packets. Oh, um... What are they called? Emergency. Emergency. So Baraka is the classic, if you're back in the day, if you're working in the office and you're like, I don't feel so good. I'll have a Baraka. I've always got a, 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 tube. a tube, a bright green tube of Baraka. Baraka in your desk. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to say welcome because it kind of reminds me of uh, of working in TV back in London. It feels very kind of, be like, we'll have a Baraka. We'll have a big night. I'll have a Baraka. That'll, yeah. that'll set me right. <laughs> Have a nice orange wee afterwards as well. Yeah, it was very in your in your early to mid twenties. You're going out a lot, but you're still working, and you're a researcher. Yeah. You just had that Baraka. <laughs> I'm going to say not welcome, simply because I don't think they ever had any effect. No, because you wee you wee it all out, don't you? It's like because the they thing? well, no, and I think it's the thing of like you you it's taking too much of something, so you wee most of it out, oh, like okay. flooding your system with so much vitamin C. You just I'm going to say it again, weird out. Okay. Not welcome. <laughs> okay. Welcome or not welcome. The word snazzy. <laughs> this was used in a group WhatsApp uh, chain that I'm in and uh, someone described something as snazzy and I said, I'm going to use that. What did they, what did they refer to as snazzy? Can you it give an example? Was, uh, we were having a discussion about kettles and different kettles and my friend sent a, this German kettle that's very like high end. And my friends, uh, my friend Nina said, oh, that's very snazzy, isn't it? Snazzy. And I was like, we have to, I said, snazzy is a great word. I'm going to have to talk about it. So snazzy, it's, it's similar to fancy, but it's less snobby than yes. fancy. So yeah. snazzy is like all the bells and whistles. Yes. It doesn't have to be expensive. You might have a snazzy shirt on. Yes. And that a snazzy shirt doesn't have to be expensive, yeah. but it could just be very colorful. That's a snazzy shirt. S- snazzy is also a word that goes in to our 90s mum. <laughs> kind of lexicon and 90s mums would always describe something as snazzy oh my god a oh. snazzy shirt well he's got a snazzy shirt on for the disco well i tell you what trish was saying she <laughs> bought little mark a new school bag it was very snazzy one of those record bags really record, snazzy record snazzy bag. record bag welcome 100 yeah, percent welcome definitely. okay welcome or not welcome shoots and ladders versus snakes and ladders so to clarify <laughs> In the US, the game is called Shoots and Ladders, and in the UK, it's called Snakes and Ladders, which is welcome, which yeah. is not welcome. Well, let me tell you a little story. Okay. 
When I was younger, we used to go on holiday to the Isle of Wight because my grandparents are from Southampton and the Isle of Wight is like a, a short ferry ride away from Southampton. So we would go there Ooh, on never, like trips. Never been. They had this children's theme park and it wasn't really a theme park. It was because it wasn't, it was kind of just like, you know, like a hedge maze and shit like that. They had this one thing and it was built into the, the side of a wall and it was life-sized snakes and ladders. Okay. So basically, but it was shoots, it was literally shoots and ladders. So like you would, you would stand, they had like, it was all built with like wood into the side of a hill and you would have a spinner at certain points and it would tell you how many steps to move on. And you would either reach a, it wasn't a ladder, it was more like a set of steps and you'd go up to the next one. But if you got the the chute, there were slides that went all the way to back down to the bottom. Because when we say chute, we mean like a slide. A slide, exactly. Yeah. But it was so amazing because it was these like built, like the, the slides were built into this hillside. So they were like buried. So you'd like slide through the, the hill to get, it was so good. It was one of those magical parts of my childhood. So. That doesn't answer the question. Well, I think it does because it, it actually means that it does make more sense that it shoots and ladders because you're either climbing a ladder or falling down a chute. Yeah. Whereas the snakes and ladders, you're sliding down the snake's back, which doesn't make any sense at all. Do you think it's, oh, do you think it's something colonial? Probably. It must be. Probably. It's probably some, some like Maharaja, like, yeah, some racist thing about going to India or something and snakes and yeah. Yeah. Probably. Okay. So we're saying that shoots and ladders is welcome. Yes. Snakes and ladders, not welcome. Got yeah. it. Okay. Good. <laughs> Okay, this next one is uh, comes from uh, Laura York from my mum. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of things. Um, she sent me just a, a stream of consciousness of just things and asked us to discuss them. Um, pickled eggs, welcome or not welcome? I love pickled things. I love eggs. I'm going to say welcome. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get one from a, a jar in a pub. That scares me. <laughs> How do you feel? Oh, I, it's not welcome. It's we're in hell already. Like yeah. the thought of an. You know, I, I can't take extreme flavors. A pickled egg is, is honestly makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Oh, and texture-wise, a, a pickled egg is... Can you explain to an American what a pickled egg is? It's, they have them, right? I, I think so. It's just an egg that's been pickled, so it's just been like in... Vinegar. Yeah. Oh, a oh, vinegary egg. A vinegary egg. <laughs> I feel also, really sick. Are you like allergic to egg whites? Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's a recent discovery that I'm, uh, I have an intolerance to egg whites. Almonds, almonds and egg whites. Almonds oh and my egg God. whites. Since I cut them out my list, it's so good. It's not true. I had eggs like yesterday because I've just like I like them too much to stop eating them. Anyway, okay, not welcome. Just another one from Laura. Another one from our stream of consciousness in the middle of the night. Bubble and squeak. So bubble and squeak is that mashed potato and gravy and with onions and then sausages. Is that bubble and squeak? No, that's bangers and mash. Oh wait a minute, what's bubble and squeak? <laughs> You just like answered the whole thing. So bubble and squeak is, let me just make sure I get it completely right. So it, bubble and squeak is a, it's meant to be leftovers from Sunday, from like a Sunday roast. Okay. So it, it's potatoes and cabbage with the, the two main ingredients mixed together and fried. And then other people have like adapted it and added in like beef and some other vegetables that you've had with your Sunday roast. But it's potato and cabbage fried. I think my mum good. My mum loved making us bubble and squeak, and it's basically like a big thick potatoey like omelet. <laughs> I would really lo- good. I would love it as part of something else. Like I need other things going yeah. on. I basically need some veg. I need like some protein, but I love it. Part I mean, of it. thinking about it now, I would love my mum's bu- bu- bubble and squeak, which is you know shout out to my mum. She's a terrible cook, but she would make really good like unhealthy food was her forte. So she would. I just remember yeah, really thick bubble and squeak it was all potatoey, but like thick and fried on the outside. And just squeeze ketchup on it. 
Oh, some ketchup and bubble and squeak. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so hungry. We have to get lunch okay, like this. Okay. I'm so hungry. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> I've got uh, a headache. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We're going to go gorge our frazzles, chipsticks, wagon <laughs> wheels, a go-go for the Super Bowl. Really bringing cultures together there. Oh, yeah. Um, please get in touch on Instagram, email us, do all all those things, rate and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We love, we would love some more reviews on yes. Apple Podcasts. I tell you what I would like people to send us as well is their um, <laughs> ideal versions of a UK Super Bowl performance. So if we had the Super Bowl in the UK, who would they like to see <laughs> performing for it? I'd like to hear that back. Oh my God. <laughs> We'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Yes, and at some point soon we're going to announce what show we'll be covering now that we've finished Girls Aloud off the record. Oh, that's true. Stick around for that. You're welcome. Bye. You are right up May Street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go and buy Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. My name's... I remember we couldn't remember the word for table.